Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. I have introduced this three times because I didn't know we were having audio problems, and so I'm going to start again. Someone sent in a humorous comment, though, and uh, they said they think Austin is the reason for this problem. If you've been on these clinics, Austin is involved with a lot of the clinics, and no, he is home ill right now, but we certainly are glad to be live. I'm going to get right into content and very fast. The subject is email copywriting. Today is different. We're not going to be simply going through our case studies and the discoveries from our experiments, but we're going to look briefly at an experiment and then drill down on pages that you've submitted, email pages that you've submitted for us to optimize. As we do so, we're going to be searching for those transferable principles that we can take and apply in our own setting. In order to provide you with this content, I want to thank our sponsor, Engage. It's critical because it takes more than 50 hours just to write the presentation with staff and the research crews, 1,200 studies per year, and a lot of work to put this into the studios and bring it to you like this. These folks have made it possible, and we're grateful for them. One final note, I'm going to be in Las Vegas, uh, I guess February 19th, all that week, teaching along with many of our scientists and analysts and leading experts from around the world in the world's largest vendor agnostic email summit. And we invite you to come meet us in person and connect with us. You can hashtag about today's clinic with this particular uh, tag. Uh, it is hashtag web clinic. And I'd like to move on and swiftly and into the first study. This is a very short case study, but very interesting. And it sets up the live optimization. You're looking at test protocol 2083. It is a company called Active Network, and they're a large event management software provider. And the goal was to increase total lead inquiries. We wanted to test the tone of the copy. And so here's what we did. Uh, we took the first treatment, and it says you're just one step away from getting free access to Reg Online, our award-winning event registration and management software. Quickly make an event website, try our event marketing tools, build a registration form, etc. I want you to get a sense for the tone of that. Let's compare that with a unique approach in treatment two. Here's the difference. Uh, hi, I noticed that you started the process of getting free access to Reg Online but weren't able to finish. Are you concerned about giving out our or your phone number? Are you worried about high pressure sales tactics or mandatory contracts? We believe our product sells itself, so we're just here to provide you with whatever assistance you need in getting your event up and running. Now, that is a complete different approach. And when you put the two side by side, they're focusing on a different hypothesis. The first one is a direct response tone, and it gives you a good reason to start now. The second one is a helpful tone that's focused on reducing your anxiety. We're concerned that in the left approach, the direct response tone, there is still that, that anxiety that comes whenever you feel like someone is selling you and you don't know for sure what they're going to do if you contact them. So while on the first one, we punch up the value, on the second treatment, we reduce the anxiety. Which one do you think will produce the highest lift? Well, here's the 
Here's the remarkable results. You can see it. I'm watching some of you vote. Christian says it's treatment. Treatment T. I assume that's treatment one. Uh, and Scott says two. And uh, others are starting to vote. I see, okay, two as they're coming in. Let me show you the results and let's talk about something we can all learn and then let's look at the pages you submitted. Here is the experiment results. A 349% increase in lead inquiry rate from using the customer service tone that reduces anxiety as opposed to the sales tone which emphasized the value, the benefits, etc. Now that is a dramatic differential. Dramatic. And Adrian said, I knew it. And you were right, Adrian. And then laughed and said, ha, ha. So Adrian wants the rest of the world to know that, uh, that uh, he or she is on top of this sort of stuff. And Adrian, you can teach the next class and save me some time. Uh, let me take you to two key principles and then go straight to live op. Here's the first one. The goal of effective female copy is not to convince the customer to buy. Did you hear that? Most of us are using our emails trying to talk you into buying, but that is not the point of this medium. In most cases, no one is going to make the purchase in the email client. They have to go to a website or some other location to effect a transaction. The goal of the email is to serve the customer that will enable them, you know, in a way that enables them to make the right decision. Mostly, you've got to get a click. You've got to give them a reason to get a click. And you've got to give them a reason even to engage or read. And often what we're trying to do is serve them better with the information they need to make the right decision. To make the best decision, a customer must be able to understand, this is very critical, and accept, that is, say yes, to a series of logical premises that lead to an ultimate conclusion. We call that the macro yes. And in this case, the first of these is the click. You want them to click from the email to the landing page. Too often we conflate these and we try to sell in the email instead of sell on the landing page where we can actually really present the product in a much stronger and more, more robust fashion. So you've got to keep these two principles in mind. You've got to ask yourself, all right, so then if I'm thinking about those series of premises and I'm thinking about the timing and how much I'm asking for and how soon I ask in the process then how can, I, how can I approach the emails that I'm writing right now and make them more effective? And to do that, let's go straight to LiveOp. And let's look at submissions. I haven't seen these submissions. You have given them to us, and this will be my first time to see them as well. My staff has looked at them to put them into this presentation. I have not. And here is one submitted. It's called youneverlose.com. The goal is to drive traffic to a Website and people trying to save money. This is the target audience by bidding on gift cards. So the subject line is capture those summer memories. And now you can see the body of the email. In fact, just look at it behind me and you'll get a chance to see the length of the text, the calls to action that are interspersed, the length of the paragraphs. And let's just stop there right now. Audience, tell me. Let's be a focus group for a moment and let's help Rachel who submitted this treatment and let's learn something that we can all apply into our own work. Uh, tell me, what do you think of the subject line, Capture Those Summer Memories? Let's get a quick analysis. Tell me what you think. Uh, not enough value in the large image. Very vague, says someone else. Zzz, says Gary, which means he's asleep. Call to action. Gary, is it me that puts you to sleep or are you saying the email is boring? Uh, you won't be in trouble if it's the former because I wouldn't, <laughs> I'm putting myself to sleep. I've just started. I'm already tired of hearing myself talk. 
Uh, why do I want to do that? Good point, someone says. Too vague, someone says. And uh, too general, someone says. Rachel, the audience in general is right. Let's talk about the subject line. It begins with the word capture. Is capture a positive or a negative word to put at the beginning of a sentence? Something we have to think about. Does it evoke immediate attention? And then if you work and labor through the rest of the line and you discover what it is you're going to capture, does the word summer memory and capture go together very well? What is a summer memory? And how much extra thinking do I have to do in order to get meaning out of your subject line? If your subject line requires me to pause and try to process then it's costing you click-throughs. The subject line should be point first, leading with the value at the beginning, and it should give me enough reason that I can't quite excuse myself from clicking through. Now, think about your subject line in a completely different way. People read subject lines in order to delete emails. They do not read them anticipating the joy and the love of life that going to your email inbox is going to give you. Email is an annoyance. I don't wake up with a passion to go through my email. I feel a responsibility. In fact, most of my responses to email are fear-driven. First of all, the reason I even look at my email is fear. If I'm missing something important today, it might harm me or it might harm my enterprise. I've got to look. And then once I start to look and realize, oh my God, there's, there's 214 messages in this box. I want to re reduce 214 down to 3. And so I am going to slash and burn anything that I think I can possibly get away with evading. So my subject line, the one that you use to pull me in, has to do more than simply uh, uh, intrigue me with a thought-provoking phrase that I have to work out on and work in my mind in order to understand. It's got to capture me and it's got to be so significant that I'm afraid to pass it up. Which leads me to the body text. It says, Dear Rachel, your sunscreen crusted over and your iPhone's got sand in the cracks. Listen to me. You've spent an entire sentence saying something that's mostly meaningless to me. I know it sounds clever, but again, this is an email. This isn't someone who's sitting in the lobby reading a piece of literature that I have waiting for them and who's going to spend time like this. And it's just, somebody said, you're trying to be cute like Groupon. And I don't know, uh, that's uh, Ray's opinion, Rachel. All I can tell you is that first sentence is not doing the job because it's not giving me enough reason to read the second sentence. What's more, the email, to my knowledge, has no headline. And even an email disguised to feel like a letter, and that's a very good format, should have a headline. And so you need a strong headline and you need a much stronger first sentence. In fact, the other half of this sentence is, but please don't wait for your tan to fade to get those summary memories in print. I have gone through over half the page. Look at the image, which doesn't make a lot of sense. All the way through the first paragraph of the body message, and I still don't get the story click. Now, when I taught copywriting, and you can read this on the website on marketingexperiments.com, we talked about story click. At this moment, they don't have the gist of where you're going. So, you're still working to get to that point, and then you start to unpack the email. So, I would start by saying, I can't do any more optimization right now, except to say that the first half of this page is wrong. The image is too big. The image is not, doesn't have enough meaning. The opening 
sentence is weak, which means the opening paragraph is weak, which means most of the work done in the second half of the email will never be seen. Rachel, you say, but who, who, who's responding to this email then? It's simple. If you remember the marketing experiments heuristics, C equals 4M plus 3V plus 2I minus F minus 2A. And if you've never heard of what I just said, look up conversion sequence at marketingexperiments.com. One of those factors is M, motivation. And the highest motivated people who already know who you are, who are highly interested, they will get through this email, but you'll lose everybody else. As motivation diminishes, so will your conversion rate. Let's keep going. I hope this is helpful, Rachel. If you want to take another crack at that email, get it in front of my team. We'll look at it and give you some thoughts and advice and try to help you get a big win. Let's look at the next one. This was submitted by Sherry. And the goal is to show prospects how we can help with unconventional loans. And uh, the target audience is real estate professionals. So it says, we will help you fund your client's construction. We will help you fund your construction. I'd like to start with that line and ask you what's the thing wrong? What's wrong with the first word? Someone tell me in the audience, what's wrong with that word? <laughs> Thank you, Graham. I'm reading your, your note. What is wrong with that word? It's not, remember we talked about in the copywriting clinic, again, you can read that online, it's not a point first sentence, it's a point last sentence. The word your, the you factor, doesn't occur until the middle of the sentence and so is hardly seen by anyone. The word at the beginning and the word at the end, we and construction, are both words, neither one, that drive me to open up the email. It's also very long for a subject line. Now, we did a test on subject lines and we did a test on headlines. And on headlines, we discovered that when we ran a group of 10 different headlines, those with the word get in the front achieved the highest click-through or the highest response rate. I would suggest to you that as you look at this carefully, you can say get help with your client construction or something else much stronger by getting the we out of it and driving to what they get and what you can do for, for them. That brings me to uh, the email itself. It starts in the headline again with what word? Audience, you see it, don't you? We. The word help is three end. The word you is four, letter, four words in. That's far too much work before we get to the payload. We will help you find your client's construction. And then we slip on and use a really bad tactic in email, reverse print. We use white on black. And worse, the white is too long. The paragraph is too long. It's way too difficult to read it superimposed over black. And the second paragraph is even longer than the first paragraph. And then if I decide to read more, I have to get past the caution yellow that is the color of the link. At least that's how the link looks on my screen. Paul will probably come running over here in just a moment and say, that's not a link. But I, I think it is, Paul. Uh, the read more link doesn't encourage me to read more. It scares me. It's using a color. We did a clinic, well, I don't know, maybe a month ago on colors. We've researched and tested the most effective colors. You can watch the video presentation of that clinic. It's free. Just go to the website. There's, there's $20 million worth of free research at marketexperiments.com. You can go and log in and, and look. Then look underneath that. It is a box over two boxes, which means it has no flow. It looks like three different banner ads. And in fact, you have check out our current mortgage rate. Is that an ad for another company or is that an ad for this company? And challenging loan scenarios. And apparently there's a utility there. Finance factors can help. And it has a picture of a calculator. I don't even know what that is. 
What does it mean you can help? Does that mean a consultant's going to call me? Does that mean there's some calculators I can go to? What is it that this is? Is this where I click on this, I find tools? I'm not clear. And in fact, um, the buttons that are underneath it give me two calls to action there, a call to action up above it, and then if I get through the whole body and get down to the bottom, there's no call to action. Because worst thing possible, the iPath splits. Do you notice... Audience, look carefully. Do you notice how the I, the, the iPad is an upside down Y? Main content in the middle and then it flows to a Y with two branches to the left and to the right with calls to action? What does that do? It divides the, the entire attention. It subtracts from the me and it costs you conversion. So, this is an example of an email that might have important pieces of content. It might be that there's the right stuff somewhere on this page. But it's not doing its job. And its job should be to simply get a click. And it should do it in a simple, clean way. And it should lose the box-on-box approach. And it should lose the Y-forked eye path. And it should improve the headline. And it should improve the subject line. And it should have a clear, dominant, dominant call to action. Audience, I'm going to shift forward as fast as I can. So, what can we learn from what I've been saying? Transferable principles that you can take back. Here, here's the first one. The goal of a subject line is to capture the attention. Now, notice that. A good subject line captures attention, but that's not enough. Agencies are good at the first half of this, but they're bad at the second half. You don't just capture attention. You have to capture attention and convert it to interest. If you don't convert attention to interest, you lose them. And so I can get your attention by, 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 you know, using something that's going to stop your eye. You send a message to a man and it has a Hooters girl at the top, that might get some attention, but it's not necessarily going to build interest in the mortgage finance product. So you've got to have the sort of attention getter that connects to the core value of the product and you've got to find the interest bridge that ties the two together. And that's what a good subject line does and that's what a good headline does. Look back at this second transferable principle, and we'll move on. The area in a prospect's inbox that displays the subject line has very limited space. Normally, your subject lines will perform better when they are point first in their design. That means the most important part of the sentence is in the front side. Now, just off the top of my head, I'll give you an example. Don't say, you can learn, you can eliminate your risk with our free trial. That's point last. That's Bad. Here's worse. You can use our free trial to eliminate our risk. Now we got free trial in the middle. That's even worse than point last. That's called point middle. Here's better. Free trial, colon. Eliminate your risk. Now we have, now we have free trial, uh, colon. And you might even go to you. That's still a good word. You can eliminate your risk. But by starting with the main point first, you get more people to finish the sentence, which gets more people into the first paragraph because a headline is just a pickup line and a subject line is a specialized headline. Remember that. And let's keep going. I'm going to show you a quick example and then go more to live op. Look at this email. It is being sent to previous customers. The headline, the subject line is a new way to order. It says that, but it doesn't tell me what the new way to order is. It leaves me to make meaning. Never use a subject line that forces the audience to make meaning of what you're trying to say. Instead, look at this, uh, this next version. It says, now only two mil minimum order. Now remember, this is sent to customers. 
And for the first time, they can order with only a two mil minimum. This is prepackaged foods. That's revolutionary for this business. That means you can spend a lot less money to place your order. So what happens? Well, simple. 25.3% more people open the email because they didn't have to stop, pause, and try to make sense out of the subject line. Are you ready to do more live op? I'm going to shift to that. As I'm shifting to that, talk to me. Is this the right pace? Are you learning? Do you like having the transferable principles in between the live optimization so you can actually make certain you're getting the big payoffs? All right, let's keep going. I'm watching all your feedback and I'm adjusting my presentation as we try to optimize based on what you show me right there. I'm looking at this next thing. It says, live op. Here it is. Armstrong World Industries. That is not the subject line. That is the name of the company. And the subject line is, is not even on here. So you're trying to trick me now, Paul. This is how you play the game. I see that now. Primary objective is to get people to enroll in classes and the target audience is architects and designers. So take a look at this. Audience, optimize. What would you do? We don't have a, it feels like you yell when you first in it. <laughs> All right, keep going. It looks a little bit like spam. Someone says redesign it. Someone says no iPath. Someone says uh, CTAs are hidden. Someone says it looks too much like a website. Very good point. Beware of any email that looks either like a magazine ad or a website. This looks more like a landing page. Email is best suited when it comes in the form of a message. Now, the way the banner is across this page, the Armstrong banner, the commercial ceilings and walls, products, build-a-spec, samples, this looks like a landing page. And when people get a landing page in their inbox, they don't engage with it because they're not looking for a landing page, they're looking for a message. So the first thing I would do is change this to what felt like a message. Now, it's got some, some interesting art, the pictures of people there. I suppose there's some value in that when you're talking about design. But candidly, I don't see how the pictures of people, especially in some sort of silhouette fashion, helps communicate your value. Every image of your page should either support the value proposition or state the value proposition. And if it doesn't do those two things, it might control or dominate the eye path. But here's what those images are doing. They're pulling the eyes to the right, where there's no text, and then the images underneath are pulling their eyes down, where there's no text. So the eye path on this particular email isn't just bad, it's horrific. It's essentially using every single form and feature. Look, the, the heaviness is at the top of the page, the right side of the page, the bottom right of the page, and then over to the left. Basically, skirt with your eyes all around the message and just look at these cool images. That's what it's doing. So you've got to, even if you use these images, you could get the same effect with a much smaller version of the same image. I, mean, I don't think it's the best image. But secondly, you'll notice there is no message. I like the idea of free CEUs. Good job. But here's the problem. People don't talk to people in bullets. People talk to people in sentences. So free CEUs, certified by the A1A, mini CEUs, take courses. Do you, see, do you see that this is not a conversation? This is not a dialogue. People don't buy from websites. People buy from people. And the message you need to send in this email needs to feel like a message. It needs to have complete sentences and then some bullet points. And it needs to have a really clear call to action underneath it that isn't being overridden by the graphics or the images or the things around it. Now, I'd like to say more, but I want to take you to another live op example that we have in front of us. And here it is. Live optimization. And uh, the subject line was uh, how, I guess it's HIPAA's mega rule will impact your practice. 
the primary objective is to drive subscriptions. And uh, we're after physicians with this email. So, here we are, presented by Part B News, and the top line says, Breaking news, the long-awaited HIPAA-expanded mega rule is out, which means physician practices of all sizes will be affected by vigorous, stepped-up enforcement. Audience, I'm going to start optimizing myself because we're running out of time. This is a 35-minute clinic, and we had a later start. I'm going to extend it by five minutes for all the people that, um, that uh, didn't hear the audio right at the beginning. Make sure you adjust for me, Paul, so I can end right on time. And I'm going to try to get as much value as possible. This email has some things that I like. Breaking news and the sense and the feel and the font of news, especially as it's being sent, will say from an authoritative source to a physician, it might get someone to read it. The problem is the headline here is not breaking news. The headline is that the mega rule has been expanded and you can't count on the subject line to communicate that message clearly. When they hit this page, above the breaking news or below the breaking news needs to be a dominant headline that sort of drives you in to the text. The first paragraph is too long. And it says, physicians' practices of all sizes will be affected by vigorous stepped-up enforcement. That should be in bold. That's where bold is perfect. Once you have a strong headline, use that bold text to draw their eyes down through the paragraph and also emphasize. And remember that people are likely to be moved by fear twice as fast as they are by opportunity. And this message is fear-driven, so emphasize it. And then I would look at the second and third paragraph. That third paragraph is too long also. And then I would be concerned about the ad on the right because it doesn't connect to the news on the left. It says three easy ways to order. Order what? And I mean this graciously, uh, Kathy. Kathy submitted this page. It doesn't... All you see is a screenshot of a computer and something behind it. Don't assume they know exactly what they're ordering. Don't assume they know how long, how frequent, what it is. There's too much meaning to be made of the column on the right and it's not directly connected with what's on the left. And what we really need to be saying is to find out the information you need to protect your practice, you need to subscribe to X or Y or Z. Draw it all together in a consolidated, unified message and don't let the image on the right just feel like an ad. It could be an ad for something altogether different. That's the way it looks and feels. Which brings me to a transferable principle. People don't buy from emails. People buy from people. The body of your email should read like a letter. It should guide the customer in a conversation. You may be on this call saying, yes, but I'm in e-commerce. Maybe we'll do another clinic on e-commerce. We're certainly teaching it at the email summit coming up in Las Vegas. Uh, we've optimized all sorts of e-commerce. We just finished major projects inside of Verizon. And we can help you understand, but even in e-commerce, these principles apply. That doesn't mean you can't have some product images, but you need to do it very carefully. And we've done it all over the world in many different languages, even in Italy. Uh, in Italian, we found the same thing to be true. But let's go on to a second principle. Your email copy must be long enough to sell the click. Hear me, but no longer. Too little or too much copy damages the click-through rate. If you tell me too much, I don't need to click through. If the goal of the email is to get a click, then just tell me enough information to drive me to the click. I... Uh, I want to show you a quick example. Not this. It sells a 30-minute demo in the first paragraph, but it doesn't offer the value. It starts selling online tools before explaining the benefits. 
and it asks the reader to get started. And this is very important. They're not ready to start yet. They haven't read enough to know. It's like walking up to a girl in a barn proposing to her. She doesn't know enough yet before you haven't gone through the proper steps. You haven't followed the micro yeses. You don't have the sequence of thought and you're asking for too much too soon. In the new email, values communicated in the headline and the first paragraph. Each thought carefully leads into the next all the way through the email and the call to action is different. It's a really intriguing call to action. See how Sermo works. That's exactly what's on their mind at that moment. They're not sure they trust it. They're not sure they want it. But they are so intrigued by the message at the top. Sermo gives you immediate access to over 120,000 doctors. There's nowhere else in the world you can do that, guys. And this is being sent to groups like big pharmaceutical companies who want to reach those doctors. And then it, then it cashes that in. That great pickup line drives to a paragraph that says physicians spend 35,000 hours per month on this site. And then it builds up with the bullet points properly, drives you to a button that doesn't ask for too much, actually asks for what you really want to know. You want to see how it works. And what occurs next? Well, this is what occurs. 104% increase in click-through. What happened? We got the message tuned properly to the sequence of thought. All right. I am watching my time. Paul, how much time do I have? I want to take another live. I have three minutes. Audience, stick with me for three minutes. Oh, by so Brian says, why are bullets okay this time? Brian, bullets are fine and should be used after you've had sentences, after you've talked to them. And when you use a proper sentence to set up this, you might say, there are three benefits from using product X. And then your bullet points are very appropriate. But never have pure bullet points with no conversation around them. Let's go on the live op. Here's a... This was submitted by Dara. Now, let's all learn. We've got very little time left. And Dara has submitted an email. And there's some good pieces here. The goal is to get customers to upgrade to QuickBooks 2013. Small business owners and existing customers who need to upgrade. That's the audience. And here's a good headline. Only three days left. Upgrade by January 31st to save. That's not a bad headline. They go straight to a call to action. Audience, tell me, is it bad to have the call to action that high? What do you think about that? Let me see. Use your Q&A feature uh, to tell me what you think. Christian says it's okay. Carl says no. Uh, Dave says yes. Some say it's premature. And uh, the audience is about divided. Let me tell you what we've discovered. Many times we've pushed the call to action up above the fold and it's not right. It's like walking up to that girl in the bar and kissing her on the lips before you've even had any conversation. You're asking for too much too soon. In this case, however, you're sending to a known audience of existing customers who have only three days left to upgrade, who've already had other messages and who know that when they click on that button, they're upgrading their product and notice and they're going to save 25%. In this particular case, having that button up there is not a bad idea. Having the product image there with the save 25% is not a bad idea. Where you start to have problems is beware of the language, dear valued customer, number one, because it's sales language. I know you don't mean it that way, but it sets the tone immediate for a sales message. Valued customer has never been used except in a letter. And I know you value your customers, but the language sets people on defense because they know there's a sales message coming. 
then you start with January 31st. But the deadline is not the first word I would start the sentence with because it communicates no value until you, first of all, help me see the, the importance of January 31st. So I would start with something stronger. Save 25%, comma, and, and prevent X or Y, comma, but you must respond by January 31st. Do you see how we're emphasizing on the front side the, the most important action and the most important value from responding because the date is secondary to that. We already know there's three days left. You've already emphasized that. And then your second paragraph is too long. And then after your second paragraph, you give me three great reasons to upgrade, but there's no clear call to action. There is something there, a blue, long blue thing, but that actually looks like the footer of an email where all the disclaimers lay and the privacy notices. And many people are looking for a button because you had a strong button at the top, but they see nothing at the bottom and they don't know if the link on the bottom is the same as the button at the top. In fact, I'd reverse it. I'd have the big button at the bottom and I have a link at the top so that people will naturally be able to follow the vertical flow through this email and understand the beginning and the end. When people try to make sense of an email like this, they try to find the beginning and the end and then they sort and sort of read through the process. The first thing they do is try to get a sense of scope even before they try to make meaning. Right now you can't tell whether the end is on the right hand side where it says upgrade today and there's some sort of video button above it. There's too many calls to action on this page and they're not arranged in the proper order, and they're not weighted properly. All right, and, and someone said, how about two orange buttons, but I'm not sure I understand. One at the top and one at the bottom. Potentially, they can be identical. I like to have one more weighted than the other. Um, but I'm out of time, I think, and I want to thank you for today. And, th- and by the way, thank you for um, putting up with our audio problem at the beginning. That's very rare for us, and we'll find out what happened and see if there's some uh, glitch at the, in, the, you know, in uh, the software organization we're using. They have been reliable, though, uh, consistently. In the meantime, I'm going to be at the ML Summit. I hope you're going to come. I really would. If you're there, come up and see me. I like to meet the people who are on these clinics because I see her names, but I like to connect the names with the faces. If you have enjoyed today, would you do two things? Would you uh, let us know using the Q&A feature and the survey? I like to read the Q&A before I step out of the studio. I sort of watch to see what people are thinking and I get a read when I'm leaving and it makes me adjust how I'm going to present next time. But the second thing is, tell a friend, uh, this is free for you and it's free because of our, our sponsors who've made it possible and we'd love for you, if you got value, to tell somebody about this, tell somebody about our sponsor. Thank you so much and uh, looking forward to seeing you. And uh, Allison, I see you're going to be in Vegas. I'll look for you. Come up to me now and I'll remember I'll be watching for you. Thank you all, and we'll talk to you again in about two weeks with more experiments, more discoveries. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.